0: Hey, so dating series number five, and here we are going to be speaking about some more tips for healthy dating. The very first thing is having a team, which means not always doing this on your own. The next thing we're going to be speaking about is healthy communication, how to have healthy communication in dating, enjoying your dating. Number four is ghosting. I don't think we'll go through everything, but we're just going to go through the... Probably ideas. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, not to ghost and, and how that can help your dating. Um, trust, building trust in the other person, showing the trust, and why that's so important for dating. And um, being able, when your date's not around, ha- being able to really uh, speak, listen to your thoughts and ask yourself, what are my thoughts telling me? And what. Uh, What is the message of my thoughts? Should I listen to them or should I not? So um, these are the general topics of what we would want to speak about in terms of making our dating more healthy. And uh, we'll start off with number one, which is having a team, Shira.
1: Yes. Okay. So let's talk about the team. What does it mean? You know, and I'll I'll elaborate everything. And if you have questions, obviously, you can always um, ask. So... I want to give an example, just like athletes, yeah, when, you know, they want to be successful or, you know, they they have a coach, someone to help them maximize their potential and reach greater heights. Um, so to uh, a focus dater, someone who is, go, you know, trying to integrate the principles of uh, focus dating need a well-selected group of people. And when I say group, it doesn't mean group like 10 people. It could be one. It could be two people um, to be on their team, to help them analyze their dating experiences and find a good relationship. Uh, The team helps you maintain your objectivity while you're dating. Uh, They act as role models and can be um, anchors in times of challenge, including times of rejection. Now. All these things, you know, the role model can be your support, have the time for you. It doesn't necessarily have to be one person. You, you don't always find one person that can be everything for you, but sometimes you can. Um, so now we're going to talk about the dynamics of a dating team and the benefits as can well. I,
0: can I just throw in that? The yeah. reason why we think why this is so important is because there's a notion today, which is I don't need somebody to speak to or I don't need to be, I can do this on my own. And, and we think that that's very wrong. I think we think that an objective view, especially when it comes to dating, is really important. It's a burden and we need to share it and we need help with it. And if we want this to be quick and easy and effective, it's always healthy to have someone that is objective that can help us.
1: Yeah, so I'm exactly going to be talking about keeping helping you to keep basically your mind uh, objective, you know, keeping your objectivity. So as we know, it's very hard to stay objective when you are, you know, uh, dating someone who is really attracted, you have your attractive, you have your emotions all the way up. um, And these emotions, like you spoke last week, can take control over your intellect. Um, And you don't always have the clarity. Your mind is basically, I would say, clouded. Um, So what this person can be for you is to help you find that clarity. Now, let's go back to the story that we, I think uh, we said an episode with Tom and Jessica. Those are the names that I used. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but I mentioned Tom that was new to L.A., young professional right out of business school and moved here, didn't know anyone. And then he met this athlete, Jessica. Um, They hit it right off. He really liked her, was very attracted to her. But then he found out, you know, after six months, it ended. But uh, during that time, during the six months, he found out that she was not loyal to him. She was talking and seeing other people at the same time. Um, So let's analyze this. What if Tom, really did have someone that he talks to, a mentor, uh, you know, a counselor, uh, uh, someone that a therapist, someone that he trusts and he can call a dating coach and ask these questions, you know, analyze the relationship, say, hey, this is what I found she's doing. What do you think is the right thing to do? Should I carry on any suggestions and Obviously, he would probably get, you know, the suggestions of, you know, you got to slow down because as we understood, their relationship was like a shooting star. They, you know, kind of like jumped through stages very quickly. And so he would have been advised to slow down, really be cautious and try and and look at different areas. But because he was blinded and he really wanted, his emotions wanted him to carry on with her he didn't really listen to these uh, voices within him. Um, so that's one thing that your team can help you. Now, what I do want to make it more clear, I kind of made uh, divided it to four. So who are your team members or the components of your team? And there's four things and I'm gonna list it. Now, The first one would be your dating coach. And we're gonna talk about who that person is. The second is role model. Third is your anchors. And four is prayer. All these four things can be your best team to make sure that you have um, a good dating experience and you're not staying in that dating forever. You're actually reaching your goal and finding someone. Um, Okay, so let's talk about the dating coach. That's the first thing. So dating coach is someone that you admire, someone that you trust, someone who has time to help you, help you evaluate, you know, your experiences. It could be a therapist. It could be counselor. Like I said, it could be a rabbi, a rabbiton. In other words, someone who you trust and feel comfortable to open your feelings and talk about your relationship and your uh, dating experiences. Now,
0: by the way, can you hear the kids in the background? Oh. It's fine, but I just uh, okay. No, For the re- Okay, perfect. For the recording. Okay.
1: That's good. <laughs> it's bedtime now, so it's there's music. Just a tr- it's beautiful sounds. They're please. chatting. And it uh, no, it's actually the girls. They're the talking girls between are them. talking. Late night talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh if we concentrate we can, but Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. But no, we can. Okay. Um all right so let's let's talk about Jessica for a second this is a different Jessica or maybe I'll I'll call it something else like um I want let's say Sarah okay
0: So we're talking about the dating coach Yeah is-
1: now I said we're talking about the first component of the dating team and this is the dating coach and we said that dating coach could be anyone that you trust. It could be, like I said, your counselor, your therapist, your rabbi, Rebbiton, anything, anyone that you trust to help you. They have the time for you and you feel comfortable to open yourself up to them and talk about your experiences. Um, so let's say Sarah, I'll call her Sarah for this case. Uh, she noticed that she tends to get attracted to the wrong guys all the time. Wrong guys, irresponsible guys. Now, she has spoken about it with her mentor. And now that she's dating Dave, which is a new guy, Mm. she told her dating coach here, look, I'm dating this guy. I really like him. She's attracted to him. She's attracted to some of his characters. You know, he's very sweet, very, um, I would say, kind, sensitive to her. Uh, And then she also mentions, you know, some background. He dropped out of college. He doesn't really have a job, but he's he really wants to be serious and he wants to build himself. So her coach, her team member is discussing it with her. And throughout, you know, the information that she hears, she starts asking her questions like in what way do you think that this guy is responsible? I mean, you're saying that he's going to. But how do you actually know? Has he done any? I mean, does Is he beginning to develop any sense of responsibility that you see already? Any actions? Um, And then she also told her, yeah, he's 29 now. He never had really a a stable job for more than six months at a time. Uh, So the coach is basically discussing it with her and making her realize, look, from what you're saying, it's exactly the same pattern every time that you're saying you're getting stuck with the wrong people. It's not necessarily that, a responsible guy. It doesn't sound like a responsible guy for you. Um, so Jessica knows that the team member is right, but she needed that reality check and that helped her. Um, and then, you know, she also knows that emotionally she really wants this relationship to work because she likes him. He is handsome and he's nice to her, but there's other components that are a real problem here and cannot lead it to be something serious in the future. And bottom line, after discussing it with her mentor, she has the courage to break up and then eventually she moves on to another person. So here you see the idea of having a dating coach. And when I say dating coach, again, it could be anyone you trust and has the time for you um, to help analyze things and help you decide things. Because when you're in it, it's very, very hard for you to be not clouded. You have the emotions, you need someone who is outside of your bubble, doesn't experience these experiences and they can give you a clear and uh, best advice of what you should do or at least help you think. Um, Is there anything you want to add? Yeah,
0: I just want to say that, you know, sometimes if something's too heavy for us to carry, we're moving from place to place and we know that we won't manage to do it ourselves. We uh, physically, we call our friends or we'll call somebody to help us. And when it comes to physical things, there's no problem at all. If we're not able to do it, we'll ask someone else to do it and help us with it. But this is, um, this is not only help, this actually so- solves so many issues because yeah. you have a, an objective view and, and it's an emotional thing. And they're going to carry for us so much of our baggage, so much of our problems, just because I'm speaking to someone who's objective. So uh, if you're willing to get somebody to help you physically, why wouldn't you want to get somebody to help you emotionally as well? And it's not like you have a problem. It's just that, look, someone is going to give you an objective view. And it's very important in this situation. So that's just... Exactly. um,
1: Agree. And okay, so that's the first thing. Now, I do want to add here. This is a point that I've heard from a lot of people. Uh, When we talk about someone to talk to... I suggest it cannot be one of your good friends because what happens here, you know, it's uh, and I've seen it happen with many, many people that actually ruin it for them. It doesn't help them much because if it's someone that's kind of in your situation, they're also dating, they're also single, you never know. You believe, and, and we would like to believe, they're best friends with you but i don't know if the advice would always come from the best place they could be you never know but they could be jealous maybe they could be that they really like the guy that you're dating you don't know so when it comes to these things i highly recommend it's it cannot be someone that within your circle of necessarily friends it has to be someone other than that you know someone that you still you know really well but is not in your friends group or like single and experiencing the same things Uh, That's just a side point that I I had to mention because I've spoken to so many and things go wrong when you get the wrong uh, advice and you think it's the best for you. Um, And then it all turns around. Uh, But anyway, so that's about the dating coach. Now, number two, I said we're talking about the the second component of your team is the role model. And what is that? A picture. Is that good? Yeah. Yeah okay so as we know a picture is worth a thousand words and so too when you watch and learn from someone who has what you want is even more powerful and in this case we're talking about someone who has that long-lasting relationship the good communication good marriage that you can look up to that's what we call a role model now again it could be it could still be your coach. It could still be your, the person that you trust. And, um, but it could be someone else. It could be that that coach is, and, um, but it could be someone else. It could be that that coach is helpful for advice. And it's not necessarily your, uh, role model. Sometimes it could be the same person. Sometimes it's not it depending of, you know, who you know and who you are, uh, connected to. Um, so here, I would say if you, let's say, didn't grow up in a home where you saw a healthy relationship and we see it a lot, um, it's really, really important to seek out, to seek out those connections and surround yourself with people that you can look up to and say, wow, I mean, I like you know, the the way they are. I like the way they have their family put together. I like the way that they have a healthy relationship, um, healthy family life. You need some something and someone to look up to, to have a role model when it comes to relationships. Because it is really important. That way you learn a lot of things that are not necessarily said to you, but you learn it through, you know, watching people. Um, and I'll give you an example. Nava, she grew up in a home that... She didn't really see the model of a good relationship. Um, And when she learned about the focused dating, she, you know, realized that there's a lot of things that she would like to incorporate and and, uh, bring into her life, some of the principles. And one of the things that she really thought she needs is that role model. She never had any of that. And so she was literally looking out for a family, someone that she can get really close with, be able to go to their home a lot, uh, you know, for normal reasons, obviously, and learn from them. And then she found that family, nice couple with kids. Uh, She used to go there for dinners. She used to hop out with the kids during the week and have long chats with them and really see the way they lived. She used to go out on, on outings with them. And through that, she really learned and grew to understand the dynamic of a real like healthy relationship. And these things she could, you know, have in her mind and say, wow, I want to do that. I want to be able to do this. I want to learn how to do that. And by watching these people, she was able to incorporate a lot of the things that she learned. Um, so that's when I talk to about role model. I feel like it's extremely important. Even when we talk about business, you know, we always say, you know, you need role models. You want to be close to people that you look up to and you want to be like them the same with relationships the same with everything in life when you surround yourself with the same with the people that you look up to hopefully one day you can be that and you will be that for other people uh, which is amazing to see and watch um, so that that was number 2 number 1 again was a dating coach number 2 role model number 3 your um, by the way you say the anchors
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, i just want to throw in as well yeah. about about role models sorry i was just getting abraham uh organized there so i just wanted to say about role models in general um also another aspect which i think is really important is the concept of trust because yep. we're going to be speaking about trust but when you go through certain experiences and you don't believe it's possible for a good relationship to happen remember we spoke about the cynic yeah so um that mentality, that mindset can be removed if I have role models where I see a normal relationship and I'm like, you know what, maybe this I can have as well. Maybe, no, it is possible. There are people who have normal relationships. There's, there's people that have told me, I have never seen a normal relationship, never. And that statement, it was one person that told me, but that statement is, is telling me that maybe he's got a bad experience in his life. And, and for him to heal, to date properly, to date healthily, he needs to also have trust. And one of the ways of getting trust is through having a role model, someone that you can look up to, who you can see and, and, and model as well.
1: Yeah. But um,
2: how do you define
0: normal? Listen, at the end of the day, you can never know anybody, right? But um, you can never know anybody, but you could see, you could see, you go, you, we're, we're a Jewish nation. We have lots of Shabbats to go to and lots of meals that you can go to. And there's, there's a big community in LA and you can go to different families and sit down and see, see what a family looks like. Um, you see how they have a Shabbat meal. You see how they sit with their kids. You see how they communicate.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, if things don't work out, suddenly the kid throws the milk on the floor. What's the reaction of the parent? Um, You know, obviously we can't be judgmental. But when things don't go in the way that a person wants, what is his reaction? That's a very good sign of somebody who's who's everyone's normal, right? Most people are normal, but who's been working on himself to to be able to actually um, be that model that you want in a relationship, be that model that you want for when you get married, because that's what marriage is all about is being a mensch and and you know and having those values so when we say normal it means looking at somebody and saying that wow he they react to certain situations in a very special way and there are many people we're a special nation we have thousands of people that we can just um be part of and 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 join for shabbat
1: and so on during normal times we hope we get to those days very soon Um, But yeah, so that was number two. Now we'll go to number three, your anchors. Anchor symbolizes security, stability, and being grounded. So we know that rejections can be really painful, whether you are the rejecter or the one being rejected, and even even if you know that the rejection or the... the you know, the decision that you make or they made is good for both of you or for one of you, whatever it is, even if you know that it's right, the right thing to do, it still is very, very hard. No one said it's easy. Um, So in such times, I think it's extremely, extremely important to have those other people or activities that remind you, and that's really important, that you do not need these unhealthy relationships to have a good life, To feel good and enjoy who you are and enjoy the life that you have. You really don't need other people in order to feel that. And it's important for people to understand that you don't necessarily need that guy or girl in order to have the best life. Um, It's obviously going to be if it's the right fit, you both together can be something amazing. But... On as an individual, you don't necessarily need you need to understand that you don't necessarily need the other side in order to have the best, perfect life. And especially at times of rejection and, you know, going getting over a relationship, it's important to surround yourself with people or activities, doing things that you like that, like I said, make you realize that Um, it can be hobbies. And like I said, people It can be hanging out with people that make you feel good. There are people like that, that when you're around them, you just like laugh a lot. You feel good. Nothing's heavy. It's just fun. Like there's nothing, no problems, you know? Um, so that's really important. And and to do things that bring you joy and add to your self-esteem self, este- self esteem and confidence. So there is, I think this is extremely important to the part of your team in dating. So that's the, the third aspect of it, uh, which I thought is... Yeah, I mean, it's a must. And then prayer, which is also really, really important. And we'll talk about that. So according to Jewish traditions, you can help bringing blessings into your life, including finding your own, like your soulmate by verbalizing it to Hashem, your creator, the, 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 the creator that created you and brought you into this world. Our world is full of blessings and positivity, but you need to basically verbalize it and articulate why you need it and what you need in order to pull these blessings. Like Basically, it's like a pipe. It's all up there, but you need to create that pipeline that brings the blessings into your life. Um, And we also know that sometimes you're destined good and you're meant to get it, but that good can only come to you by vocalizing your desire and this expression is called prayer that's what prayer does prayer helps you verbalize vocalize what you want what you need and helps you get those blessings directly into your life at the right time when it's the time for it Um, and I highly recommend you know speak to your creator do it in your own words say what you need no one needs to know it's between you and Hashem I mean it's nothing to do with anyone but I think it's really important for us as people to understand that you know we do have something above us we have something that is looking after us we have the creator Uh, we can definitely use the power of our you know prayer saying words to communicate and hopefully receive those blessings Um, there are many things that you can do some of you know some of you may not but you can reach out to me after. I can give you ideas of certain psalms that you can say, very short things, or specific prayers that you can say to find a soulmate, or anything that you know. If you're into it, you can reach out. I can definitely um, send you a screenshot of different things, and you can choose, you know, to do some of that uh, for your own benefit. Um, so that's in terms of prayer. So we we covered the four things that creates your team. Now, the last thing that I would mention also is keeping your dating experiences only within your team as much as possible. And that means sometimes, and I hear that all the time, people feel so obligated to like, tell their friends or other people about their dating experiences or their relationship or what's going on. And I'll say one thing. In Judaism, we have this saying, blessings come to that which is hidden. Yes, so the blessings comes to something that's hidden. The less you share your business, the more likely it's going to be successful. The less people are going to talk about it and give their views and discuss it, the better it's going to be for you. So by have limiting, you know, the discussions and talking about your experiences only to the people that you assign as your role model or, you know, your dating coach, um, by that you're ensuring that you get the best advice and you trust that no details of anything that you tell them is going to go around. Those team members will not gossip or, you know, judge you. So that this is really important to, to, um, I think, learn, you know, not everything we have to talk, with everything, everyone about and there shouldn't be pressure. You know, she tells me everything that's going on with her. It doesn't mean I have to, I mean, it's people's choices, but that doesn't mean and shouldn't be in a way that a person feels obligated to talk about their personal life and what they're going through about their relationships uh, without knowing that they're actually talking to the right people and getting the right advice. so i think in terms of yeah the team i covered everything i wanted to cover in that i would love to hear any thoughts or anything anyone wants to add before we're moving on to your um healthy communication healthy communications
0: any thoughts about anyone having want a to team? Add anything
1: about the team idea
0: it sounds so uh basic but you know it's not yeah. something that's on people's minds and we feel it's really needed for the sake of uh, making our dating productive and successful easier. and easier on us. So, yeah, which
1: is why we threw this in. Yeah. Anyone? I think it was. I
2: think it's great. I love
1: it. Thank that you, always, Sharona. Thank you. I
2: always think that everyone should have um, a mentor in general.
1: Yep. Uh, I agree. Then
2: I jump into dating. You know, like, they always say, like, after you come home from a date, you should talk to someone
0: about
1: it. I, like a mentor, someone that you can break it down with. Right. Yeah. And, and,
2: and everyone... Well, now you did. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, you know, I, 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 I want to throw in, there are people, you have to make sure that, like we said, it's someone you can trust. Yes. Some people are very close to their parents, let's say.
1: Yeah, I was about to mention parents. Not always that's a good idea. If you know your parents and you know the dynamics and you know what they think about dating and whatever. Every community is different and every person is different. Every family is different, but you, you need to know the people around you to trust and to realize who is the right person to discuss that that they have you in their best uh, how do you, how do you, interest. in the best interest and not anything else.
0: Okay. I think we're going to move on. We don't have that much, uh, enough time because we want to cover some ground. Yes. Um, okay. But let's, let's talk about healthy communication. I think that, uh, this is helpful for, um, all areas of life, not necessarily just in dating, yes. but dating especially has so much bickering in it. And, oh, why did he say that? Right. So, or, and there's so much thought that goes on with it afterwards. So let's get this clear. Let's get some tools that we can have healthy, healthy communication, not get into arguments, which are unnecessary, and actually date in the right way. This is is key. Communication is key. So let's dig right into it. The very first thing is, for the sake of getting healthy communication, what you need is to always make sure that you and the other person are on the same wavelength. Don't make yourself... um, someone that's an attacker and they are the defender when it gets into that situation the conversation gets dangerous and this is in all areas of life but especially in dating so let me give you an example david and sarah going out and david says um during the conversation he's like oh i had a great time yesterday she's like oh really where did he go she he says i went to the shooting range and she has nothing to hear of that. I mean, oh my goodness, shooting range. So um immediately she jumps and she says, uh, you know, I I, I don't understand. I, I think that's t- you know, I think guns are really dangerous and terrible. No one should be going to the shooting range. So um, and I'm not trying to get political here, but it's just an example where it's extreme and she's like, Whoa. So he says to her. Uh, actually, this is the wrong reaction, right? The wrong reaction would be, I can't believe that you have that, that there's such a thing as, you know, I think guns are terrible and so on. That's the wrong reaction. And the reason for that is, is because now you're putting the other side in a defensive mode. You're now the attacker to him and he has to defend himself. So because he has to defend himself, he's going to answer things which are unnecessary. And if you would have just given him time, maybe you would have understood him and maybe there would have been a different response. So the minute that when somebody answers and they say, I personally think that's a very bad thing, or I would never do that. Or I don't like, I don't agree uh, straight away. As soon as someone does something which is different to you and you really don't agree with it. I'm talking about things which you really don't agree the, the to jump to conclusions is a big mistake because you're putting that person in defensive mode and if you wouldn't have put him into defensive mode it would have been much much easier everything would have made sense okay um it's not going to end well it's just going to get worse and worse so he's going to say um no you know what's wrong with guns it's not that bad he's defending himself so you're going to say what do you mean it's not that bad that's guns are terrible i mean that's he says, no, it depends on who it is and who's using it. And it's all the back and forth is just him trying to defend himself. Just allow him. So the best way, if you don't agree with something that, you're da- that someone says that you're dating with, is to repeat the words that they said. Okay. Oh, so you, you, you went to the, you like going to the gun range, right? you like, uh, or, uh, oh, so you went shooting. So you just repeat the words you, he said. You don't conclude, repeat the words he says. And that way you allow him to explain himself, but not as a defender, just as being on the same wavelength as you. So what he's going to say is, yeah, you know, I really I, don't, I think guns are dangerous. Right. When you if you would say to him, um, Oh, so you went to the gun range? I, immediately, he's going to realize, okay, I need to explain myself. I don't need to defend myself. I'm just going to explain. So, I, yeah, I did. But y- you should just know, I I think guns are really dangerous, right? This is David's response. Guns are really dangerous. But, you know, it's been a tradition in my family. We've been doing this ever since I was young. And uh, I don't keep a gun in my house. I just have it in the range. And every few weeks, I go with my friends and we go shooting And then I leave everything there. I don't have one in my house. I think they're dangerous and so on. So that ends well. Like now, Sarah, instead of being shocked and having him to defend himself, she actually is looking at him and she's saying, okay, this makes sense. I can understand that. Does does everyone get what I'm saying? Don't put the other side on a defensive mode and you on attacking mode in the conversation. Always make sure you're on the same wavelength. Now, the reason... What what's really important here is I'm, I'm 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 trying to point out you don't ignore something which is a problem by you. I mean if that guy if you really believe guns are evil and terrible and that's another whole discussion, but if you believe there's no way in my life I'm gonna marry somebody who has a gun. So um if you really believe that, don't give it some time. Don't I I Yes, you have to deal with this. If that's what you really believe, you have to deal with it. Don't put it under the rug and ignore it and keep dating this person just because he's cute. You've got to speak it out. But speak it out now in a way that's not putting him in defensive mode. Don't show how bad it is to you and how he has to defend himself. I think this is key, key, key to all relationships, whether it's with your children, whether it's with everyone else, with, with work. But especially in dating, you're dating somebody who's not even married to you. They're not obligated to live like you, and they're not obligated to defend themselves. So when you keep them on the wavelength, you will actually get to a resolution, you'll understand what they really want to say. Okay, so that's the very first thing is do not conclude what they said. Do not interpret the words that they said. Just ask them and repeat what they said. So uh, you, oh, you went to the gun range thats. That's interesting. And he'll explain what happened and why he went and and so on. But to put him in defensive mode by saying, I completely disagree with guns, all guns, are, and having him to defend, not good. Okay, so that's A. B is don't give solutions. Okay, when it comes to dating, repeat, again, this is another point, but repeat what that person says. Don't give solutions. So if let's say you're dating and I've mentioned this many times and she says, yeah, it's been such a hard day. It must be I have such a bad headache and I've been having fever. So what's the normal reaction that the guy will have? (laughs) Right. Solution. What solution will he give?
2: I got you. Uh, You should go home and lie down.
0: Yeah, you should go home. You should lie down. Let me give you some Tylenol. Maybe you should go to the doctor. Look, if somebody's got fever, they know that they, they should take Tylenol. They know about Tylenol. I think every single person who's above 20 knows about Tylenol, right? <laughs> so uh, we, we have to see why the man has a desire to give solutions. We all know what the solution is. But the reason why she's really telling you this is because she wants you to empathize. She's not telling you because she wants you um, to give her the solution. She doesn't want you to tell her her about the Tylenol. She's just telling you, I'm in pain. So the right way of responding would be, really, you're in pain? Tell me about that. It must must have been such a hard day, right? Elaborate on the pain that she's had. Repeat the pain that she's had. That must be so tough. That must have been so hard. And that way she feels like, oh, he's listening to me. He really hears that I'm in pain. Okay, this is a key, key, key to solving so many issues. And it's just a simple <laughs> point. You, most people are not looking for solutions. Exactly. You just got to give a, some sort of a repetition to help them realize that you're with them. You're actually empathizing with them. You, you understand that they're in pain and you actually realize that there's a pain here. This happens a lot in marriage, in, in, in all areas of life. You come home. And you expect there to be quiet and, and a nice evening. And as soon as you come in, come home, you see that your spouse is in a is, is sad. And you say, "What's so wrong?" I don't know. It's been such a hard day at work. What do you mean? Who who was it? Why? Let me call. She doesn't want you to give solutions. She just wants you to listen and say, "Oh, I I see that you're in pain. What? Maybe we could sit down. Let's uh, tell me more about it." This sounds crazy, but say the words, tell me more about your pain. I promise you, it sounds weird, but the person will be like, oh, really? Let me tell you more about my pain. Let me tell you. It, it, it's, <laughs> it's amazing how humans work. We just want to be heard.
1: I think especially and, women, though. Yes, this is especially in the area
0: of women. Yeah. Yeah. That.
1: Agreed.
0: Yeah. So agree. <laughs> I the, can
1: agree, yeah.
0: <laughs> they're not looking for no, solutions. No,
1: sorry.
0: sorry? This is the
2: most true thing ever
0: yep
1: um,
2: you're teaching us how to be psychologists because that's what we <laughs> do with patients yeah is ask we don't give a solution we're not telling you, you know how to solve, solve your problem we're saying i hear you and i feel i, I want to hear more tell me more
0: tell me more exactly so
2: that, I think so everybody, everybody, should, everybody should write this down and you'll have an easy life
1: <laughs> yeah it could be we just want
2: to hear that we hear you we
1: understand. You don't want your advice. Yeah. Yeah,
0: no. But it, it, it let me happen, throw in the other, the other thing that's very important. And this is that men have a desire to solve. Yep. So this is, the very, this, is the, this is the irony of dating. Men have the great desire to be the solution maker. And what the woman needs to do is to say, that is so kind of you. Thank you. If he does... Try and bring a solution, meaning she needs to be able to say, Wow, yes, give me your solution. I like your solution. Uh, it's hard, but that's also the need of the woman. She needs to actually say, I want your solution, and she w- should want to take it. So, this is the job in a relationship. He wants to actually bring the solution. She wants to have a connection and a deeper empathy, a deeper feeling of, of connection. So, when he does bring solutions, you're meant to say, oh, thank you for your solution, right? You don't need Tylenol, but, right? Tylenol, thank you. That's such a good idea. I never thought about it. Tylenol, that's brilliant. And the guy's like, ah. Right? And what's he going to do now? He's going to sit with you, and he's actually going to listen to your pain. Because finally, you took his solution. So, sorry to interrupt yes.
2: real quick. I um, one of the most, like one of the best, communication experience that I had with someone that I was previously dating was every time that I brought something up he said, do you want to hear my thoughts about it? And I could always say yes or no.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, that's a cool thing. <laughs> that's not very
0: So you would say yes or no to him wanting to speak, so you would listen? That's what you're... Well,
2: To just because I need to talk about something or because I need help finding a solution because he never really
0: knew which one it was. So we would
1: always just That's beautiful. That's amazing. I mean, it happens. Sometimes I can say something to you and I can say just, I don't really need the solution, just listen. Normal. <laughs> That's all I want.
0: <laughs> this happens, you know, I'm preaching about it, but it happens to me. Like it's normal because my desire as a man is to bring the solution to the home. Yeah. Um. So it is my innate desire and it should be the wish of the woman to actually say okay i'm going to take his solution and accept it so that way the connection will get the bond will get strengthened this is very very important we do believe that there are differences and if they're met in the right way between men and women and if they're, if they're communicated in the right way so many problems will be solved okay so those were the two uh parts of healthy communication which is if you find there's a difference between you and the other person Repeat what they're saying and show interest in what they're saying. Don't put them in a lower state where they have to defend themselves and you are the attacker. I think that that's very, very dangerous in dating, especially and in all areas of life as well. And the second point was, um, don't give solutions. Actually repeat and listen to their pain and say, that must be so painful. Uh, That must be such a bad headache. Tell me about it it's weird but if you say to somebody that must be a bad headache tell me about it right it's like what you're interested in my headache but actually people like that so repeat listen and repeat these are these are such important keys to making uh dating work just repeat what the person's saying repeat their words so i think what you're saying is that you repeating their words helps a lot as well okay so that's um that's about healthy communication. Should we go to the next one? Yeah. Well, I mean, is there we any other thoughts time. that anyone wants to throw in? I think we're... It's brilliant. Uh-huh. So it's, Thank you. It's
1: what we
2: study in psychology, uh-huh. so you're giving away <laughs> our secrets. But it's okay. It's good. That's
1: great. <laughs> we're sharing secrets here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. Have
2: you read How to Win Friends and Influence People?
0: Yes, we have the book here. Yep.
2: Oh, it's a cool book.
0: Yeah. It kind of touches on that idea too, but um, which is listening to the other side. Okay, so now we're gonna we're gonna go to the next thing, and um, let's make it let's make it fun.
1: Yeah, talking about fun, <laughs> having fun. So that's my uh, next topic is having fun, and we'll talk about when and what. So the focus of the first date or the first two dates should be having fun not more than that and we'll elaborate on that and we'll say what kind of fun so first dates can be exciting but also nerve-wracking you don't know the person you're kind of like not sure how you're going to be perceived and whatever especially if someone that you don't know anything about um so it can be stressful to some people so i want to kind of touch on that and clarify the first two dates should be to clarify two things one do i enjoy being around this person do i want to see them again one question okay number two is it's not necessarily there these two first two dates which are going to give you not that much information about the person unless there's something really like big red flag you won't pick on almost anything. Um, it's not there to clarify for you if this is the person of your dream. In fact, it's going to clarify for you if this is not the person of your dream. So you are able to filter out. If it's not, then you say goodbye, you move on to another person. Um, so these are the two focuses. B- have, do I enjoy having fun around this person and do I wanna see them again? It like goes hand in hand. and. To clarify if this is not the person I want to be seeing or like be spending the rest of my life with. Um, And really expect nothing heavy from these dates, no revealing like crazy thoughts or really deep feelings. Um, Definitely, I don't believe physical contact. Some people can argue. Um, I really think the first two dates are so. In a way, fragile to figure out things and just to get the sense and that can ruin it. It can cloud you and you will not be able to. And again, we're talking here about focused dating, not just regular dating that people date to date so they can say different opinions about that. But when it comes to real dating and I want to get to know that person for a real serious purpose, it is definitely not advised to have um, any physical contact. Now, many singles, and we've spoken about it before, they do think that if they don't have that wow feeling, and I said that last week, um, the sense of like intense, chem- intense chemistry or any kind of crazy feeling at the beginning, the first date or two, they think there is a problem or like this relationship is there's no way I can't, it's not gonna happen. But we have to remember that about the the. Buried treasure relationships that we spoke about that. Sometimes you need time for the emotions to come. So don't be so quick to judge. That's why we're saying the first two dates. Don't try find out crazy stuff or whatever. Just am I enjoying this person? Do I want to see them again? And um, if this is not the person I want to see again, then you say no after one, two times. You don't need longer than that. You don't need to waste your time. Um, also another thing how should you handle your feelings after the first day or during so I would say that if you don't sense sometimes people after the first second day their date they're kind of like I'm not sure I don't know so here's the thing if you don't sense anything negative towards your date towards that person nothing negative and you might even think hey wow she's actually really nice, or he's actually a really nice guy, I would say 100% you should meet them again. There's no way you're not meeting them again. If you really want to give it a chance, there's no reason that you're going to say no. Again, unless you have a serious reason to say no. But here I'm talking about, it's pretty plain. You have no crazy reason to say yes, but really no negative feelings, no reason to say no, then I strongly think you should see that person again. Um, and again, you might have, I would say concerns about the viability of the relationship and the future, but any of these things should not and cannot be discussed and, and, and trying to find out these things, the first date or two, is just going to ruin it. Leave it for future dates. If you get to those future dates with this person, you're going to get to it. Don't worry about these things. Just find out the first basic things that we said before. Now. It does happen that many, many people do try the first day to like try and read in between the lines and like try to find the faults maybe or find look for the red flags. Not a good idea. Just just be easy. Just be cool. Just be friendly and nice and warm and uh, and allow the other person to be themselves so you can also be yourself. And just, in Hebrew, we say, you know, you go with it. You just have, try to have a good time. Just flow, um, you know, with with the evening. Um, I would say that it's a key also to be prepared, you know. So when I say be prepared, meaning not having like a whole page and having an interview, because it's not meant to be an interview, uh, but have like fun questions prepared in advance in your mind, like things that you're going to, you know, start a conversation, talk about, there's many ideas, even online, if you're going to go, you're going to find hundreds of fun questions, and if you find that the question itself is fun, you know that it's going to be a really, hopefully, fun conversation with that person. Um, Just some, I would say, questions that I found, and you know, you can find plenty more based on, you know, your personality and what you like, is... Did you ever have a pet? You know, simple things like the most beautiful place you've visited and like you really want to know about the places they, they've been. Uh, favorite movies and why, and you can discuss the characters. Um, it's, a, you know, first childhood job that you ever had. Just random things, you know, that could be fun. Nothing like heavy or whatever. And um, just also you need to make sure that when you ask these questions, it can't be just because you have that in your mind and you want to like, you know, kind of like do a tick, I did the right thing and I asked the right questions, but also genuinely be interested in these questions and answers. The person really needs to feel that you are there, you're present, you're there to hear them. Um so be a listener. As well as active, you know, in the conversation, you know, it's not a, it's not a problem that there are quiet times sometimes, you know, like a few seconds here, a few seconds there. I don't think it should be like, you know, like a marathon the whole time. It should be very easy and relaxed, and it's not a problem if there is a, you know, silence times, but you know, not in an awkward way, and uh, just to make sure that you know, you do your part in the conversation, you're active as well as listening have a good balance of um, these two. Um, So that's in terms of the having, yeah, having fun uh, during the first two dates. Now, before I go to the there is one more. Maybe I'll do that before I have, you know, I'll take any questions if anyone has anything to add. Um, Another thing that I found speaking to many, many singles nowadays, and I think we've mentioned that here, you know, it's one common mistakes, uh, mistake that someone is dating someone. So you begin dating someone when you're already dating someone else, meaning you are not being exclusive. And we've spoken about that. Um, there's two things, two really, I would say, bad things that come out of it, and really hurts you and the other person. Now, again, I'm not with this. I'm not talking to people that are not going to be dating seriously and for the right reasons for those who are dating for date fine i mean they don't care anyway they're fine so they're not committed so that you can date five people at the same time it's not like you're really evaluating each person properly and getting to know them that's a different story here we're focusing on the effective dating on focused dating and what is focused dating it's exactly this one you do not date two people at the same time. So first of all, it can be confusing and bring you heartaches. And we'll give just an example of Brad and Jessica. Now it's I don't know why I'm stuck to Jessica, but I guess that's what it is. Um, So here I have Brad and Jessica. And they've been dating for two months. Okay, things seems to work out. He's calling her, she's calling here, they see each other every once in a while. And everything is good. And then after two months, she hears nothing from him. It's like all of a sudden a disconnect. Uh, It can happen to the other side as well, meaning it could be that the guy doesn't hear from the girl from like, you know, two months is good and then nothing. It's a silence. So eventually she decides to reach out and like check in with him, you know, what's happening. And he sounded like, you know, I'm busy and it's been so busy with work. And I'll get back to you, you know, when my schedule is cleared up. So she clearly understands like you don't need it's not rocket science. You don't even need your dating coach to tell you that their dating period is pretty much over, you know, their relationship is over. And what she finds out that he has been dating this other girl during the same time, and they even went, uh, you know, away for the weekend and she didn't know. But he kept telling her that he cared about her that whole time. She complete she didn't know that he's dating another person. So what this brought it's it hurt her. It's confusing. For sure, the guy couldn't decide. I mean, he was probably comparing that whole time, and then he made a decision. Okay, this one she's better, you know. And then who knows how long that one would last? Because if you're not committing to one person, and there's there's always going to be that new and more attractive and someone else out there so you can never be focused on one person and we've spoken about those uh, type of uh, I would say um, characters that do that Um, so that's the first thing you know it can bring heartaches and confusion and the second thing the comparing aspect so comparing really avoids you from having clarity in your dating you can't have clarity of the person you can't have clarity of the the uh, relationship now I would say that in the focus dating method um, you date a person and it is known and understandable to both of you that you both date for the the same reason you both know you're dating there's no such a thing I mean I've heard it so many times from many that they've been like talking to this one or talking to that one but I'm not really sure I mean I don't know if it's dating I mean There wasn't anything clear yet. I mean, I'm not sure if I can even like ask her out or whatever it is. I mean, things are just not clear and people can go for a month, two months, three months with like the unknown of what's happening. Is this really a relationship? We didn't talk about anything. Is it too early to talk about exclusive dating? Was that a date that he asked me out? I don't know. I mean, there's so many... You know, there's so much like, um, I would say, confusion and cloudiness and there is no clarity. So what happens with focused dating is you have that clarity. If they are up for the date, you're up for the date, you know you're dating right now. I mean, this is a date. It can last one date. It doesn't have to last longer than that if you're not compatible and you feel like, okay, this is not going, you know, in a good direction, but there is that clarity. And there's also no chance to compare people because once you decide, you know, you need one day, two days, three days, I don't know, a month, you're only with that person. You're really putting your whole like focus into them, trying to see the good, you know, here and there you see other things that don't make sense and whatever it is, red flags, uh, deal breakers, then you decide to break off. That's totally normal and cool, very, very nice. You're not made for each other finish off in a nice way and boom move on to the next person that's not a problem but when it's the same time you have that like we say you know the comparing you're not clear you're hurting other people and overall it's not good for you so like i said people may argue and say but this is how the society is now i'm sorry but if someone is serious you voice things ahead of time And this is how many people do meet and continue and become serious with their dating. So it's really all about, I think, where you put yourself and how much you want things to, um, uh, I think, to be serious. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and you take it from there. I would love to hear some of your ideas or anything you would like to add or agree, disagree, anything.
0: Shira, I have a question.
2: I
1: have, go ahead.
0: let me cut you natasha for a sec (laughs) um go ahead so you said not to get physical and i totally understand that but what if don't what if you want to hug them when you see them for the first time like hey nice to see you what are you gonna like not even like you know you're not gonna like give them a handshake that's kind of awkward too so it's is
2: it is it absolutely like do nothing just like sit down have a chat or like what if you're going out with someone who you already know who's your
0: friend and you greet them you know
2: positively like you want to give him a hug or something like so i i
1: was like that, yeah that's actually yeah, like, not but, a problem yeah. now because
0: uh also you know, he, keep in mind it's, it's not really distancing. possible for a girl to go on a date with Gabe and not be physical with him <laughs> yeah <that's laughs> nice. i agree uh, I look agree. i mean
1: I, I think when we're talking about and again, I, I mentioned it clear, We're, we are talking about the focused dating. When it comes to focused dating, the big aspect of touch, the physical touch, is something so huge that can change a lot. With Even just one hug can change a lot of what you think of that person. And there is a reason why you wanna hug them. So I'll leave it there. You make your own decisions, everyone will make their own decisions, but when it comes to trying to learn how to be the most, uh, I mean, clear with what's happening and is this what I want and is this the right thing for me and is this the right person, I think it's its a shame to let, uh, not even, I wouldn't say small because emotions are big and, and it, you know, it's valuable but it can change things for you that can even be longer to pick on. And when you do have that kind of, we call it the magic touch. When you do have that sense you know, of uh, touch with the other person, whether it's a hug or anything else, there is something happening there so that clouds you. And can, that's I, what I can I believe. just
0: throw in, it's really important that everyone knows that there's, this, this is a whole different topic yes. within the Jewish community, which is called Shomen, Shomen yeah, where we guard our touch before we get married. And, you know, like some people have a joke, they say, I'm Shoma, yeah. um, but, but Shoma Nagia means um, that we avoid touch and and it's another whole discussion. There's actually exactly. a book that she was mentioning, which is called The Magic, the Magic touch. touch. We understand that this could be very foreign to some people here, right? Um, but there are many, many benefits um, of avoiding touch. Now it's another whole discussion because most people here would say that that's impossible. That doesn't make sense. That's not normal. That's weird. And
1: that's why, by the way, I said, I'm only talking about the first two dates. I'm not even talking, you know, the religious dating that throughout the whole process, there is no touch, you know, and we'll talk about it when we talk about touch. I'm literally talking about giving the clarity at least the first date, you know, at least first second date that you have something concrete there that this is not going to be just like another shooting star relationship. Do you want a question saying? for you, Shira? So sorry. I think Natasha had one uh, a question. And then was it Jordan after? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was a great great
2: question, Gabe. Um I that was definitely one of my questions that I was floating around in my head. Um the other one is how do you find someone that is also focused dating? I this is new to me. Um I love it. I think it's such an mm-hmm. interesting and more um, intentional way of living in the world. And, but I, I don't know how you're supposed to find people that are also into focused dating or into kind of building more meaningful connection, how you tell the difference. Of. You have a sense of intuition? I do, yes, I do have a good sense of intuition. intuition. All right, then um, you'll, you'll figure it out. <laughs> okay, thank you. I think it's Perfect. I mean, to, uh, ask the person on the first date, like, what are you looking for? Even before the date, you can ask.
1: I yeah, would. I've heard many options like like Sharona says, like Molly says. I know people doing it. People are struggling with it because I would say a lot of the people that we know are, you know, want to at least try and do it in a, in a meaningful way and really find the right person quickly. Um, and so they don't want to waste time. So I think the biggest keys is to be very clear. Again, I'm not saying to scare the other person, like, oh my gosh, who's, who's she? Um, but again, using your intuition, f- trying to sense the other person, you can probably sense, you know, when you're talking to them, if they're very physical, if they're, and, and maybe you can find even the chance to say. I know some people that we know um, are able to mention something at the beginning, like, by the way, you know, um, I'm dating, uh, you know, for whatever. I mean, I, or I'm, I'm not doing a, any touch, like for the first two dates or something. I've heard many girls or and many guys actually, mm. which is very interesting, um, that do that. It might go, it might not. So it's, uh, it's gonna have to be the right person to go with, you know. I don't. I, think I also a think that way this to
0: know. well, this questions coming because you've never experienced this world. Exactly. Of, um, it's new to you. Yes. But when, when you actually open your eyes to it, then you, you start seeing it. It's like, you know, we, yeah. don't, we don't see, we don't believe that things exist until we actually open our eyes to them, Yeah. you know? Um, so now that you're opening your eyes to this kind of world, you'll start seeing guys like that. Now that yeah. you're looking for it, till, till now, you weren't even looking for it, you know? But now that you are looking for it, you'll actually look out and you'll notice and you'll point out, okay, this guy is not serious. Yeah. Or this person is like the way they dress the way they talk the way that they hold themselves do they you know are they very proud are they more modest I mean there's there's a certain language that is spoken and now you're going to be looking out for it so you'll see it and guys can see it in girls too um, yeah. of somebody that's more serious and they're not there to waste their time so um, I, I believe that it's Something you have to be on the lookout for to actually believe that it exists. Most people tell me, I don't believe anyone... I mean, I don't want to date seriously, but I don't believe anyone else does. Right. Right. That's That's what most people tell me when they start getting involved in (laughs) our organization or like in Judaism in general. And I tell them, you're thinking that because you've never actually looked for it. It's foreign
1: for you. you It's foreign because you never looked
0: for it. It's like like there's certain things that we... You know, like when we, when we bought our Toyota, so it's a red car. And as soon as I bought the Toyota, which is red, I'm like, wow, everyone's got a red car and everyone's got a Toyota. <laughs> yeah.
1: And the reason is because,
0: <laughs> because it was never on my mind. Suddenly, when it was on my mind, I suddenly saw thousands of uh, the <clears> same <throat> happened with strollers. As soon as Debbie was born, I saw thousands of strollers on the street. Right? How many people here in this group could say how many strollers they noticed today? And what type of stroller it was? Say, Probably zero.
2: When, the, when that happened with my little brother when he was born, you see everyone has a baby.
0: Yes, everyone has a baby. Yeah. You see everyone who's pregnant. You see, Right? <clears throat> so yeah. that's... It's where you're holding in life is what you now open your eyes to. And um, it, it, people don't believe, many people don't even believe that there's serious people out there because you were never you never believed because you never lived that way or you never saw anyone that way. But you just got to open your eyes to it. So yeah. I think that there are people like that. There's many people like that. And you just got to at least open your eyes to looking for someone right.
1: like that. And, and I think it's important to hold up to values or anything you think is important and that you want to do and not let go just because that's the society or that's what guys are like, you know?
0: There are serious people out there. There's no there's no question about it.
1: Yeah, Um, it may take time to find them. I mean, no one guarantees nothing when it comes to dating or marriage. Even let's put it this way, even within the religious community that we say, okay, everyone is, you know, most people keeping this and doing that. You can still have people that are 30 that are not married. I mean, there's no guarantee for anything, but it's definitely helpful and it helps you Um, you know, lead your way in dating in a better way.
0: Yeah. What's wrong with being not married at 30?
1: Nothing wrong. I'm just just saying in in, in our community, when you start dating at the age of like 20 for marriage for and I'm coming from family where we're we're six in my family. I am the only one that got married so young without. I mean, it wasn't like planning that I wanted to get married that young. but all my siblings started dating at the age of 20 and didn't get married till 27, 28, and they had a hard time finding the right person. So growing up watching that, it was really hard. I never believed that, you know, I was so discouraged with dating in general. I was like, all guys are terrible because I have five sisters. I mean, we're five and one brother. So we, we had a lot of negativity, you know, to talk about and until they found the right guy. So even if you are following, it's all from God. It's not really anything that's within our control, but there are things that we can do to make it easier and hopefully help ourselves. That's what I believe in. Nice. Anyone else? Jordan. Yeah, Jordan wanted to say something, right? Yeah, this is kind of a separate question, but going back to Shomer Nagia, obviously, I know with you two in particular, I'm curious the take in terms of like, you know sometimes in society it's unavoidable like you're going to be passing someone in a chair on the sidewalk and you're going to bump into them um like is it like corona now where you you'll try to avoid them at all costs <laughs> or is it like is it like totally fine if you just happen to brush into something you don't even need to think twice about it so i'll, I'll tell you i mean um i guess i'll answer it sure so there's two types of touch you know there's Touch that can happen just like randomly, like you said, and that's not necessarily considered as touch. We're talking about touch that has the feeling and have the emotion. So that's a completely different thing. Let me tell you, I mean, it happened to be, uh, it happened to me when we lived in uh, Oregon, so that's a personal story. We lived in Oregon, University of Oregon, no one knew, I mean, of anything like uh Aguiah, let's put it this way. And I remember we organized a massive Shabbat on campus. It was like 400 students or something. And we saw this one guy, one of the fraternity guys. He didn't see me for a long time. And he came running to give me a hug in front of 300 people. <laughs> now, we did a that, joint
0: event with the Hillel.
1: Yeah. And that was so he gave me a hug. I wasn't necessarily participating that much. But then after I went up to him and I said, hey, by the way, I didn't want to, you know, embarrass you or anything. But by the way, I just gave him like a, you know, in a in a nutshell that you know i'm married i'm religious so i'm committed to my husband and i am not and will not touch any other men so even if it's just your hug whatever so he was like oh my goodness he felt so bad (laughs) he felt so bad to come to us after but then we made everything better and it came all the time but the idea was that it was so foreign and people messaged me after like is there anything you need to do to like I don't know, purify yourself. I said, what are you talking about? I mean, nothing happened. Okay. I mean, there wasn't, it was like something that happened. It was a mistake. There was no intention. Goodbye. We moved on. I mean, nothing happened. So I, no I, I hope that answered your question. I had quite <laughs> a few things of that, you know, um, uh, you know, incidents like that. In, guess, Hebrew with called, as well.
0: in Hebrew, it's called, in Hebrew, it's called, which is, touch with the intent of yeah um connection of
1: with the feelings the with emotions an
0: emotional connection so it's all about the intent not just whether you touch someone yep um i'm just going to quickly go into the last point that we're going to talk about tonight which is uh ghosting and uh the reason why i'm talking about this here is because we do not you don't mind right we have a few minutes oh you want to finish
1: It's up to them. (laughs) (laughs) So I
0: think this is important because it's to do with, uh, why is this to do with healthy dating? Because um, this is everything to do with healthy dating. This is crazy, but ghosting is everything to do with healthy dating. And I'll tell you why. Um, Well, first of all, ghosting is just a sign of bad manners. I mean, I've never heard, I, I just do not understand how this works. And then the excuse, sorry, I've been MIA. (laughs) That's okay. Now you admit it, so it's okay. MIA makes it all fine. But, um, uh, you know, I think that it's totally bad manners to somebody who's invested time for you. They've given you their time. They've given you their attention. Uh, We're not only meant to respond to somebody just because I'm attracted to them. And if they're not attractive to me and I don't know how to confrontate the situation, I just ignore them. That's ridiculous. That's childlike behavior. An adult-like behavior means that as soon as I see somebody and it's something I don't like, and I, I, I'm just very open about it. Uh, and, and you should know that I am a a victim of ghosting because I'm a rabbi. And I'm like, hey, yo, you should come to our Shabbat, and then ghost, you know? So I'm a big victim of ghosting and I think that it's rude, but it's a rabbi. It's like I am college, a rabbi.
1: College kid style. College
0: kid style, but it's okay. I've got thicker skin and it's part of my job but for everyone else if right you're not it's not your rabbi okay it's just it's your date for gonna if it's your rabbi fine whatever like just you know ghost him but your date i mean that's a, somebody who went out with you they gave you their time so for number one it really is a great sign of very bad manners childlike behavior you don't have to deal with the situation so you're running away from it don't ghost. Okay. Number one, there's bad manners, but oh I want to go into some other reasons why ghosting is very damaging and it was it's not going to help you in your, um, dating. Number one is it, it trains you for your confrontation muscles. So you know how we build muscle. We, we build an immunity to things by training ourselves with it. So there's actually a muscle that I call called the confrontation muscle. Every time you face somebody, you don't, Uh, You don't know how to deal with or you have to respond to and you have to tell them, excuse me, but you're wrong. You are now facing a confrontational situation. How are you going to deal with it? Okay, Um, it's one of the greatest challenges. We've spoken about this a lot when interacting with other humans is the challenge of confrontation. You know, how are you going to answer your spouse when they're doing something you didn't like or your kids without offending them, your friends, your co-workers? right, you, you you should. And I think, by the way, if there's something you don't like about someone that did something to you, I think the most amazing thing is to go over to them and say, listen, I, I just want you to know, I really didn't like that. That really hurt my feelings. Yeah, just by saying those words can make that other person just stop. Instead of leaving it and letting that, that stuff go on, it's so much easier just to go up to someone and say, listen, bro, I really... I really didn't like that, that that hurt my feelings. And they'll be like, I'm so sorry, me, I'm so sorry. And they'll never do it again. Sometimes just going to, I'm just showing how confrontation is so much better than the lack of confrontation. When you just go up to somebody and say, listen, it really hurt my feelings, that solves all the problems. In minutes, the guy will say sorry, and everything moves on. But it's because of the lack of conversation that we have so many more problems in our lives. So um, strengthening your confrontational muscle is so important. And you can use that in not ghosting by responding, even though you don't know how to respond. Just go for it. Think of it and send that response. Don't say, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll send it next week. Get Deal with it. And, and, and one of the ways of dealing with things is not ghosting. One of the signs that you don't know how to deal with something is that you ghost. So um, it's a level of maturity. I don't think you'll see 70-year-olds or 80-year-olds ghost. Number one is because they can't run. And number two is because they can't text and they don't have a Facebook account. And really, the reason why they don't ghost is because there's a level of maturity in them, which is like, hey, I'm just going to tell you what I think. There's a certain level of maturity that you see in people that are older versus younger people in this area, especially in the area of confrontation. You, something that you don't agree with, somewhat, something you didn't like, you deal with it in a nice way and you move on. Um, so that's why it's really important for you and for your dating in general. And finally, you will only gain by not ghosting. You will only lose by ghosting. The reason is because your date talks Okay, whoever that is that you're going out with has a mouth and they're going to go home and they're going to go to their friends and they're going to tell them, you know, I went out with this guy and he was so rude. I mean, he ghosted me and all now you've lost 20 Jewish girls in L.A., right? The, The statement that there's not that many Jewish guys or there's not that many Jewish girls. Well, by acting like a jerk to one Jewish guy or acting like a a jerk to one Jewish girl loses your chance with 20 Jewish girls in the neighborhood because everyone's going to talk about what what a rude person you were. So people talk, that's just the reality and how you act with people is going to go around. So I believe that you can only gain by acting like a mensch. And by the way, the date that you're going out with, most likely, if it doesn't work with you and that person they most likely have a mutual friend that is compatible for you. So maybe, and I know of people that it didn't work out for them.
1: They suggested, they they
0: suggested find- that guy to another friend of theirs. Yep. We just had somebody who called me and he said, listen, I have this, there's this girl. I met her. She's really sweet. Oh
1: yeah.
0: I, I want to date her. I really like her. So, um, I said, so go for it. Well, so he says, no, can you reach out? It's a bit awkward. It's an awkward situation. So I said, so I said, no problem. Of course, I'll reach out. So I reached out, and um, she says, and I, then I found out why he didn't want to reach out personally. She says, no, there's, you know, a friend of mine, a very my best friend that he also went out with, and yeah. he was acting like a real jerk to her. So there's no way.
1: Like no way, I'm gonna. I'm, go there's out
0: no with way him. I'm going out with him, and and that's exactly the example of where look, if doesn't go, it doesn't go well with this girl know that she has 20 friends and one of them will be might be your date it might be your wife it might be your husband so um, even if it doesn't work out always remember that this person you're dating with even if you know it's not going to work out make sure it ends well try and make it end well sometimes it's not possible but try as hard as you can to make it end well because they are going to help you find somebody This, this sounds crazy but they specifically are gonna talk. They're gonna be marketing you to 20 other people. And sometimes you can't control them. Sometimes people are rude and they'll lie, that's true. But at least what's in my control and what I can do, I'm gonna do. And if I'm gonna ghost, I am losing my chance to have a normal date with 20 other girls, right? I'm losing my chance. So that is uh, the idea Ghosting is very bad and it's very bad for you, not for the person you're ghosting. It's even worse for you yourself. So uh, I think that somebody who learns not to ghost and responds quickly and learns how to deal with confrontation will actually um, have a good date in the future and will have healthy dating in general. Are there any thoughts on that in general uh, about ghosting itself? Rabbi, Yes. I want to say that I generally agree
2: with your ideas about ghosting, but I also think that it's important to mention that one should not jump to conclusions about why one would, someone would ghost. Basically, a lot of people have intimacy issues and social anxiety, and I mean, those are things that they need to resolve themselves with a therapist or someone, but it's not always that someone
0: will be ghosting out of laziness or out of some... Uh, of course character traits i do not argue with that i think that it's each person's responsibility to not judge the other person
1: but then there has to be some kind of communication though
0: but there should be a form of communication i mean if you're if you're close to someone and you've been with them and you've given everything to them they've given everything to you i think it's the minimal decency that you speak The, the the only time that i'm saying when i'm saying of course it's like at the end of the day i can't judge I shouldn't judge. And that's what you're saying. I shouldn't judge the other person that's doing something bad to me. But I'm talking about the person that's ghosting right now. I don't care. It's true that the person you're dating shouldn't judge you, shouldn't talk about you, shouldn't go around telling about you. But at the end of the day, you, the ghoster, the person that's ghosting, I don't care what situation you're in, that other person gave you their everything for whatever amount of time. And the minimum that you should do is respond to them. The ghoster, not the one that's being ghosted the ghosty, right? But the one, that, the one that is ghosting, he himself or she must do something to respond. This is another human being in front of you. You gotta do everything you can. True, the ghosty should also uh, not judge and understand it's the hard work. I, agree. I think it's, impo- it's very hard work. You have to be an angel to have given everything to this person and suddenly he disappears from you. It's a real uh, tactic. It's real, a righteous, uh, very righteous, righteous person. person. <laughs> But 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 you're right, at the end of the day, if you're righteous, you would judge them and give them benefit of the doubt. Any other thoughts or ideas or whether you agree, don't agree?
2: I have a question. Yes. Okay, what about ghosting back? Like, let's say someone ghosted you, <laughs> but then they message you like a couple months later, like, like called, they change their mind. That's called like,
1: caspering.
2: Do I have to respond to them at that point? Like, why should so I rude. call my time
1: There's actually a term for
0: Unless they give you <laughs> a legitimate... So no, yeah, I, ma- I agree with you, Molly. Unless they give you a legitimate reason for
1: like what what I, what has happened in the past 2 months they don't even,
0: they, do they don't even apologize they just ignore i know i know that happens cuz i'm a rabbi and it happens to us all the time so uh, remember <laughs> we we're, we're the number one ghostees right here yeah. okay we We've know been this a lot of
1: here, so. literally
0: hundreds of ghosting <laughs> so um, i i i hear you if somebody's done that after a few months you gave them everything you dated them and then and then they suddenly say they suddenly come alive again I think mm. that's just—it's very hard to get back into such a person unless they give you, first of all, a very sincere apology and a reason why they did it. Yeah. But um, sorry, I've been MIA and just want to get know if you want to get out again for a nice dinner. Uh, you know, back in the day, it was fun. You it's know, not good enough. Two months <laughs> ago, you remember that. So yeah, that kind of talk is <laughs> raw. I think that's the usually that's just a joke.
2: So you don't need to respond to that.
0: I don't think so. Dude, you don't need to respond to anything. Yeah, if you don't want to, you don't have to. Yeah.
2: I know, but I don't want to be like like the ghoster. Also, like I two wrongs don't make a right. But in that
1: situation,
0: dude, are you kidding? Me. Molly, yes. Molly, Any suggestions by anyone? What do you think? A
1: good Jewish woman? <laughs> <laughs> what a good Jewish girl. She she There's has value. she's you know? not responding
2: to. She's just not telling you about them.
1: <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I, I just I just feel like you should follow what you feel at that point to do with your uh, experience yeah. with that person. You know, if they don't apologize, no legitimate nothing, they just wake up. I really don't think you have to <laughs> respond.
0: Anyone yeah. got thoughts on that? Do you think it's OK to respond? Do you, should you, you ghost should a ghost? Uh, <laughs> should you pay back? Is it revenge? I don't that think it's revenge. like a yeah. healthy
2: thing to do in a relationship. Yeah. I don't think I'd you should ever someone, say but... like just because you did something to me that I didn't like, I'm going to do it back to you. I don't think that's okay under any circumstance.
0: So what should you do? I mean, someone ghosted you for two you gave everything to them. you.
1: We said that there wasn't a sincere apology or not i mean explanation of what no happened. explanation
0: you dated them i'm not just like about they, they're
1: picking up literally after three months of like what was three months ago what's your response You've it's happened
2: it? to me before wow. and i said i said it's great to hear from you is there something that changed that you're that you're reaching out now i like
1: that okay and then what was the response like that, at that point
2: um it was that I, I was really busy and life got to be too much and now like things have calmed down a bit and I want to like, pick back up again. And then my response back is like, well, I appreciate that, uh, that you're thinking of me, but you know I wish you would have thought of me when you decided to stop talking to me because that felt very disrespectful.
1: That's great. You That's voiced your, your, your feelings and I like, I that. like that. I
0: really like Absolutely that. Absolutely
1: like this. Um, so I guess if anyone can be like Becca in that sense, that would be great. <laughs> <I> <laughs> you think know, she's
0: right. See, Molly, Becca should be, or, um, she should be on your team. Yeah. <laughs> if
2: anyone wants them, I have some templated text that I send people for different situations.
1: <laughs> it's amazing. Wow. That's really great. Tonight, guys, was uh, really interesting and packed. And it's. So, I think we're going to call cool it up. It's a good night. <laughs> yes, it was fun.
0: Any other thoughts before we go, or finish?
1: Before we say good night. Anyone? Or you could just say good night. <laughs> or you could
0: just go. You could ghost. If you just, just,
1: yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Of course.